Well, bless you all. What a time we've had here. I mean, you may be seated. We, you know, it's, it often takes, um, it takes a week of meetings often to, to even get to where we had Friday night. Really, I mean, some churches you go to, you've, you actually have to have a raising of the dead service first <laughs> before you ever see the life come, amen. And, and that's our job. God sent us to do that, to go into, into, I complained one time and I said, Lord, why do you send me to these churches that are half dead and I've got to work so hard to get people to just drink, you know, just have a sip. And he said, well, why would I need you if the church is alive? <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and so after that, I accepted. I said, okay, Lord, you send me wherever you want to, me to go and changed my whole attitude and realized that it wasn't up to me to do anything. I don't have to. I'm not the one making you joyful. I'm not, I'm not the one setting you free. It is the power and the demonstration of the Spirit of God. And he came to visit and you had an open heart and he filled you. And blessed you, and he's got much more for you. Amen. It doesn't stop there. <clears throat> we we have you now looking at these songs that we sing. We sang this morning. A lot of them are new. Actually, I've never heard them before. But anyway, yeah, I've been leading worship since 1967, and uh, I have all of those decades of songs. But there's so many now that you just can't keep up with. You know, so. But I thought to myself, how many churches sing those songs and even understand what those words were saying? Like, Lord, bring revival. What they do is they have all this great worship and tremendous presentation and the percussion and people are dancing. And then they end that and then they have the preaching of the word. And then they basically shut the meeting down and people go home. And say, well, that was great singing, what an amazing preaching, but nothing else happened. There's, there are three things that we need, and if every church could have these three things, we'll see a move of God like we've never seen before. <clears throat> I call them the three W's, the worship, the word, and the wonder. Because without the wonder, we don't see what God is intended to what God intended to do through his word. The Bible says he watches over his word to perform it. I don't want to just hear the word, but I want to have <coughs> excuse me what <coughs> what is said in the word to be performed in my life. Amen. And I want to change. I don't want to just come week after week and just drag myself in to church and listen to the great presentation of the worship and then hear this great inspired message and then go home exactly the same as when I came in. I want to change. Amen. The worship we had this morning and in worship brings the presence of God. How many felt the presence of God in the worship? And then what happened? God began to manifest and we had the gift of tongues and interpretation coming out and, and God began to move even in the worship. Hallelujah. And then we have the Word of God, which is the instruction, it's the edification, it is the correcting, and whatever else God wants to do in the preaching of His Word. And then when we're done, we give Him opportunity to move. And I can tell you that regardless of 
and I joked like this, I said, regardless of the denomination or abomination we've been in, <laughs> whenever we, you give God opportunity, He always moves, always. There's never been a meeting that we've been in where the Lord has moved, and to some, extent, some places to a greater extent than others, because they are so open to the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I've and I, and I got to be frank with you. In fact, I've got to be gill with you. And, and, say, and say that of all of the things that ever happened, the joy has been the thing that people have fought against the most. It's the strangest thing out that when joy comes in the church, there are those that love it, there are those that are questioning it, and there are those that, are, that hate it. And a lot of times it, it is the leadership that are the most resistant to it because what happens, like last night, that was not something that you could control. That was the glory of God coming in and people getting so saturated, soaked with the glory that they were beside themselves. The Bible says in the day of Pentecost, people were beside themselves. What happens when you get beside yourself? Well, there are two of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know that's not, that's a bad joke, but appreciate those three. <laughs> you get beside yourself. I mean, Christians come and they sit in their pews and they that's it. God wants us to get to the place where we get so saturated and there are times of refreshing that come from the presence of the Lord. And last night was one of those moments. Not a single soul in the building. Just sat there like a bump on a log. Amen. Everybody received, got a touch from heaven. God manifested His glory on the inside. We don't understand everything. We don't exactly know what God was doing in each one because everyone is different. Everyone has a different set of circumstances. Everyone has a different set of issues that, they, that need to be dealt with. I don't even begin to understand. I might know some details, but I, I certainly don't understand everything. And I could come with human philosophy and great words of wisdom, and it may, you know, it may have make some sort of sense or just confirm what the condition is. But what they need is the touch of God. They need the power of God to set them free. And so joy is a wonderful thing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We started off this morning hearing about the merry heart doeth good like a medicine. A joyful mind brings about change. Hallelujah. I mean a joyful mind. I want a joyful mind. How many want a joyful mind? When you wake up with a joyful mind, your day is going to be joyful. When you wake up with a depressed mind, a mind that is so cluttered with every condition and every issue that you're facing, and, and, and everybody has things that they've got to do and, and, and take care of, every, every single person. But when the joy of the Lord becomes your strength, that's how you can cope with what, what, is, you know, what is taking place. I want to read to you in the book of Luke, chapter 10 and verse 21. Who, who better to look at than the life of Jesus? And, you know, when you see pictures of Jesus, you see him portrayed as the serious figure with, you know, the halo around his head and pious. And, and that's not the picture. That's not who he is. The very nature of God is joy. The fruit of the Spirit is, amongst other things, the love, the peace, and the joy. If you want to know what God's like, that's what He's like. Love, peace, and joy. 
goodness, you know, kindness. What are, what are all of them? Fruits of the Spirit. <laughs> I've had a senior moment. <laughs> but that's the nature of God. And when we get full of the Spirit of God, we begin to adopt the nature of God. People say, well, I want to be more like God. I want to be more like Jesus. Really? Well, you better get joyful. Ah, oh, but Jesus was serious. Really? Well, let's see what the Word says. Luke 10, 21. In that same hour, Jesus rejoiced and glorified in the Holy Spirit. People say, oh, well, he rejoiced. What did he do? Dance up and down and wave his hand. Well, let's look at what that word really means. The Greek word for rejoice is the word agaleo, which means to jump for joy, i.e., to exult. The strong concordance, Jesus jumped for joy. He is very different to the dull image that most religions portray him as. When you're around Jesus, you could not be depressed. Listen, little kids love to come around him. Kids are not attracted to some old grumpy grouch. Kids are afraid of some old grouch. But they love Jesus. They're all around him. And the old grouchy disciples try to stop them from coming. <laughs> Amen. And we have a lot of grouchy disciples that are stopping us as the children of God coming, getting around Jesus and getting filled with joy. Amen. I mean, I'm speaking to the converted, yeah, because none of you are like this. Amen. Judging by what, by what I've seen the last two nights. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm blessed to see the depth of the, of the river in this church. Amen. I, I've been testing the waters. And they're good. <laughs> and the waters are going to run deeper. Are you hearing me? The waters are going to run deeper. And so Jesus is this joyful person. And the Bible says, He for the joy that was set before, gladly went to the cross and took on the shame of dying on the cross and took our sins upon Him and made it possible for you and I to be born again, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and live on the inside of us, to be our comforter, our teacher, and our guide on the inside, and to dispense the joy and the peace that you and I need every day. Say that every day. The joy that you need every day. Tomorrow, the world called Monday Blue Monday, and the reason why is because they partied so hardy, on the weekend that they wake up with, you know, a headache and, and they drag themselves to work and it's Blue Monday. But not for us. Not for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because tomorrow is going to be a great day. Because the Holy Ghost, the same Holy Spirit that was present here on this weekend is the same Holy Spirit that is going to be with you tomorrow and the next day and the next day and the next day. We are living in the glory and the presence and the life of God in us all the time, every day. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Very, it's very different to what's going on in the world. And, uh, you know, Christians look at, sadly, Christians look at what happened here last night and probably repulsed by it. Many. I mean, there are many that loved it, those that saw 
<coughs> were actually being touched themselves, but I, I can guarantee you the, the average church would have looked at this and said, oh, man, that's just awful. That is terrible. Yeah, that's the devil. Like, like the devil can, <laughs> can come into church and, and, and get everybody happy. Really? He doesn't have an ounce of joy in him. Glory to God. 1 Peter 1 verse 8 uses the same word. We rejoice, the word agaleo, with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Well, what does that mean? Joy unspeakable. It's really hard to explain it. How many ever went home and tried to explain to somebody that, yeah, man, I was in church last night and I got so drunk in the spirit and, you know, acted silly and acted goofy. You know, when, when uh, Pastor Leno shared that, that, that vision she had of the tin man and getting loose, you know, and then she made the statement that we need to become a loosey-goosey, and she was wondering where that came from. And I thought, the thought came to me, I'd rather be a loosey-goosey than a dying duck. <laughs> Amen. Amen? A dying duck in a thunderstorm. Okay. <laughs> that joy unspeakable, full of glory, it's hard to explain. You in the natural. Bible says the natural man understands not the things of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. And I've got to tell you, from the day of Pentecost, those disciples' lives changed profoundly. And every single one, Peter, James, Andrew, Philip, uh, 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 Stephen, Paul, the Apostle Paul, walked in the power and the demonstration of the Spirit every day. They met together, they broke bread together, they fellowshiped together, they rejoiced together, but wherever they went, they carried the glory of God with them. And people got set free. And so God's going to have every one of us carry the glory wherever you go. Carry the glory. Carry the presence of God. There are people out there that desperately need it. There are people out there that are desperate for the touch of God. Desperate. And you become the carrier. You become so full and saturated with anointing that wherever you go, you, you become infectious. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. People need to catch it from you. Catch it. Yeah. I want some of that. What pill are you taking? <laughs> the gospel. The gospel. What are you drinking? Oh, new wine. New wine. New wine. Yeah, it's 2,000-year-old vintage. How much does it cost? It's free. Really? What, what quantity does, does it come in? Unlimited. Unlimited. Amen. New wine. Well, I don't want to look like that. You know, I may. I mean, that looks silly. I've got to tell you what, when I looked at you, I thought you looked a little bit silly anyway. So. <laughs> well, we try to be as kind as we can. <laughs> but it's true. And so we have this concept that everything God does has to be understood and, and explained. And 
you know, it needs to be in acceptable terms. But, you know, the Apostle Paul said, when I came unto you, I came not in with excellency of speech. And I think every one of us should have excellency of speech. Declaring unto you in human philosophy and man's words of wisdom, the knowledge of God. But he said, I came in a demonstration of the power of the Spirit of God. And if you look at the Amplified, it says, a proof by the Spirit. A proof. Everyone say proof. Proof by the Spirit stirring in the minds of the hearers. The most holy emotions. That comes down to that happy mind. Amen. Stirring in the minds of the hearers the most holy emotions. And I'll tell you why that's so important. Because people come to church and they, they're very involved in life. Obviously, you know, things are happening and you're thinking about stuff. And I used to joke and say, you know, by about midday on a Sunday morning, people start seeing visions. Visions of the buffet and, you know. <laughs> and, and, the, and the manifestation they're having is the, their stomach is grumbling. But when you get full of God, you don't worry about those things. Amen. The minds of the hearers get stirred with holy emotions. And the joy comes. And the relief comes. The heaviness lifts off. The oil of joy instead of mourning. And so when you look in the book of Acts, you'll find that God everywhere that the disciples were, the Holy Ghost was so active in their lives and in, in their ministries. I wanted to look at the, at the um, book in Acts chapter 10 and verse, and I'm going to read the whole thing, but this is the account of Cornelius, the, um, the Gentile. He was a centurion. He was, a, the Bible says, a devout man and one who, along with all of his household, feared God. He made many charitable donations to the Jewish people and prayed to God always. And at the ninth hour... About 3 p.m. of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had come to him and said, Cornelius. And he was frightened and stared intently at him and said, What is it, Lord? And the angel said to him, Your prayers and your gifts of charity have ascended as a memorial, an offering before God, an offering made in remembrance of his past blessings. Now send men to Joppa and have them call for a man named Simon who is also called Peter, and invite him here. And so God, in response to Cornelius' desire for more, began to prepare his heart and prepare the, the servant of God who would bring the life to this man. He was desperate. When you're desperate, God will organize for you to receive what you need. He'll send the person, the right person to you. They will have what you need, the key that is, will release the blessing of God on your life. So yes, Peter, <clears throat> now remember, <clears throat> excuse me, Christianity is brand new. Peter's just recently been filled with the Holy Ghost. He doesn't have the epistles, you know, written by the apostles. He doesn't have the 10 steps to receiving the, the Holy Ghost. Doesn't have any of that. The, the, the book of Acts is unfolding. The word of God is being written. 
And, and so they are just going by the flow of the Holy Spirit. They're just following the, the leading of the Holy Spirit. I mean, to me, that is the most incredible example of how we ought to be. That, that whilst we need to know what God's Word says, but it's not to be just retained in our intellect, but it ought to come alive by the power of the Holy Spirit that is living inside of you now. The Holy Spirit living inside of you now. He's real. Everyone say that. He's real. He dwells, he dwells inside of me. How many of you are aware of who lives in your house? Please say yes. Because if you say no, I'm going to have to have you come out and pray for you. <laughs> Because there's something seriously wrong. If a stranger were to come and live in your house, would you notice that? And if the stranger was a happy person, would you really notice that? Well, when the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you, we need to notice him. Not only when we're in a meeting and you feel the goosebump. Well, praise God, I felt those goosebumps. I need to be aware of him every single day. When I get up in the morning, greet him. Amen. Speak to him. He's the, the comforter. <clears throat> He's the counselor. He's the helper. He's the one that will intercede through you according to the will of the Father. He knows you better than you know you. And he is ready to obey every instruction that comes from heaven concerning your life. See, because God is more interested, <coughs> excuse me, in what he can do in you than what he can do through you. Yes, he wants to work through you. He absolutely does. He, he needs every one of us to be in a place where he can use us and mobilize us to minister to the body of Christ. But he wants to work in us so that we become strong in every area of our lives. So we're not, we're not weak and weary and wounded. It is so sad to see people in the ministry who get burned out. I mean, recently we heard, even in this year, two pastors of different churches, big churches, you know, large denominations that committed suicide because of the pressure of the ministry Folks, that should never be. There is pressure in the ministry. But oh, thank God for the joy. Thank God. When I look at these pastors standing up here and they got a smile on their face while they're worshiping and they look so, ha they look so happy. <laughs> Amen. They're not just telling you, I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> Praise God, I'm happy. <laughs> Hallelujah. They actually look happy. Amen. That's a good sign. And so, yes, Peter, and, you know, he's still fresh out of Judaism. And there's still a lot of the old tradition that is still hanging around him. And God's going to use him now. See? And, and, he, and he's going to go and minister to, to this Gentile. And according to the Talmud, the Gentile is a soulless beast. They don't consider the Gentile to be, I mean, it's just a heathen, you know. And so it was by Jewish law unlawful for them <clears throat> to fellowship with a Gentile. 
I mean, you could get yourself stoned, you know. You could get yourself, you know, excommunicated if you went in fellowship with a Gentile. And so, yeah, God's getting, ready, getting Peter ready to go and minister to Gentiles. So they're journeying. Um, let's see here. Verse 9 of, of that chapter, chapter uh, 10. The next day they went on their way. This is Peter. And as they were approaching the city of Joppa, Peter went up on the rooftop of the house about the noon, about noonday to pray. And, you know, midday, you're getting hungry. It's time for lunch. And so he went to pray and he became hungry. Isn't that funny when we call to pray, we get hungry. <laughs> I just saw a vision. Yeah, yeah, it's toasted cheese. <laughs> he went up to pray and got hungry. So some dear soul went down to prepare something for him to eat. And while they, the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. Now we all know that story, how the, he saw the sheet that by the four corners being lowered down. But we forget what is actually being said here. He fell into a trance. Now, most Christians would think trance, you know, it's like new age, you know, it's like, you know, seance or whatever. You know, God invented the trance. Amen? Well, what does that actually mean? Well, the word trance is the word ecstasis which means a displacement of the mind as in ecstasy. Think about that. He fell into a trance. I saw some people falling into trances last night. <laughs> as in displacement of the mind. Hello? I said this last night, you need to put your head in neutral. <laughs> That's the displacement of the mind. Because we're so heady. We, everything we've got to understand. We've got to understand everything. I've got to understand what's happening here. The, ma- the natural mind does not understand the things of the Spirit of God. They appear to be foolish. And people will sit and look at a move of God and say, that's foolishness. Why would they act like that? Well, firstly, it's none of their business. <laughs> Amen. None of their business. God knows what he's doing. Amen. A displacement of the mind as in ecstasy. What is ecstasy? Woo! I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to get a, a, an Oscar for acting my acting. There are some other people that could probably demonstrate ecstasy a little bit better than that. <laughs> a displacement of the mind. There were some folks here last night that had a displacement of the mind. Amen. And God filled him with joy. Hallelujah. And the joy does something. Amen. It does something. Hallelujah. <laughs> and he's got much more. Much more. Go ahead and have some more. Have some more. A displacement of the mind. As in ecstasy. Well, let, let's look at the other word. He says... He fell into a trance. What does that really mean? 
Well, if you look at the word fell, it's actually the Greek word epipipto, which means to embrace with affection, to embrace with, affe- with, aff- with affection. I mean, I love this thing so much. I love the joy so much. I really do. I love the joy. I love hearing the joy. I love seeing people, God's people joyful. I, I, I get ecstatic and joyful just watching people getting joyful. I, mean, I, I embrace it with affection. We need to embrace what God is doing with affection. Embrace it. Say, Lord, I, I love this. I love to see somebody. I may not be getting the same thing, but I love to see people getting touched and blessed. I love it. I love going into a stiff and starchy church and then watching the Lord just break the starch. <laughs> and, and the amazing thing is sometimes starts with the most conservative person in the building. <coughs> The word fell, epipipto, to, to embrace with affection. Or to seize with more or less violence, literally or figuratively. Think about that. Well, brother, we're going to fall into a trance, bless God. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I've and I got to admit, when I stand up on a Sunday morning in a have his shirts and I look upon the people it looks like they're in a trance anyway yeah. <laughs> some, some of them aren't even blinking <laughs> when, when you when you fall into a trance a Holy Ghost manifestation of God on your life. Hallelujah. Time, time ceases. Your, your, the regard for yourself, your dignity is gone. You could care less what people think about you. In this society, everybody's worried about what other people think about them. And Christians come in, want to portray themselves as being decently in order. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm, I mean, I'm glad that, you know. But when God moves, we need to embrace. Embrace it. To embrace it, to seize it with more or less violence, literally or figuratively. <laughs> She's embracing it. It goes on. It says to fall, to fall into, <clears throat> to fall on, to fall upon, to lie on, to press upon. Hallelujah. It even says to fall back upon. We, we lose a lot of what God was trying to say in the word because you know, when the King James came and they, they you know, translated it, they kind of tamped it down. I don't think we should say that, you know. Peter fell violently into an ecstasis, a displacement of his mind. I mean, what do people think? So they tamp it down. They diminish the role of the Spirit of God. 
we've got to get away from this idea that, you know, God's this holy God up in heaven, and here we are, we need to get pious because he's impressed. He's so impressed by the sadness of my face. God is going to be so pleased to see how pious I am. And when I speak, I need to speak perpendicular. <laughs> so right here in the midst of this whole experience, this is Peter fallen out on the path. And Paul had the same experience. He fell to the ground. Later on in Acts 29, when, when he, uh, or 28, when he shares what took place, he says, a light brighter than the noonday sun flashing around about me, and I fell to the ground trembling. I mean, this wasn't just some sort of a little goosebump that he felt. The man came under the glory and the power of God. And people would say, well, how is it that yeah, was this man who hated Christians, he hated Jesus, he was out to arrest them. How is it that God would actually come and touch him and bless him in the way he did. You know why? Because God looks at the heart, not the head. Thank God for that. If God had to work at, look at our heads, we would all be in trouble. <laughs> Amen. If God would have to go by what, he, what we are thinking, we'd be in big trouble. But he goes by the heart. Amen. I have a heart after God. I have a longing in my heart for him. I don't understand everything, but I long for him. As the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs after you, Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so he sees this vision. And the sky opened up and an object like a great sheet descended, lowered by its four corners, and it contains all four-footed animals and crawling creatures on the earth and the birds of the air. And a voice came to him and said, get up, Peter, kill and eat. And Peter said, not at all, Lord. I've never eaten anything that is uncommon, that is unholy and ceremonially, ceremonially unclean. How could you ask me to do that? That's against my doctrine. I could never do that. Sometimes doctrine gets in the way of the move of God. Not sometimes, many times. We, we've put God in our little doctrinal box, and anything outside of that box cannot be God. Here I am with my little finite pea-sized brain trying to figure out an immortal, omnipotent, omnipresent God. Bible says, my ways are higher than your ways, and your thoughts are not my thoughts. <laughs> Hallelujah. Can you imagine if God's thoughts were our thoughts? Heaven would be a mess. The angels would be walking around depressed. God would have to build a, a Prozac factory in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> your thoughts are not my thoughts God doesn't think the way we think and so it came, the voice came to him again and said what God has 
cleansed and pronounced clean, no longer considered common and holy. And this happened three times. Three times God had to show him the same thing. And three times he had to say the same thing to him. Sometimes we need to hear it a little bit more often. Amen. And I don't want you to wait until the next time we come to have another meeting. I want to see you go home and experience the touch of God every day. You say, do I have to roll on the floor? Maybe. Maybe. Why not? Amen. That sure would be a lot better than sitting at home and getting all bent out of shape because of all the issues and the problems. I mean, at famine and destruction, thou shalt laugh. Let it become a, a supernatural thing that's happening in your life and cause great joy in you. And then it begins to affect your family. Hallelujah. Affect your family. They're going to need it. They're going to need it. Amen. And if you ain't got it, then they ain't going to get it either. You become so full of joy that you become the go-to person when they're depressed. They're going to come to you because you've got something to give. Amen. And so this happened three times. And then the object was received up into heaven. Now, Peter was still perplexed and completely at a loss as what this vision could mean. I mean, I love that when something so amazing happens and you, you have no clue what the Lord's doing. But all you know, man, that was just profound. That was, that was intensely serious. What was that word you gave? Immensely, immensely intensely serious. <laughs> immense, immense, immense. <laughs> so he was perplexed. I mean, when God does something supernatural. It is going to be mind-blowing. You're going to say, wow, that's incredible. How many, how many, if Jesus were to walk in the building right now and walk down the aisle, how many would say, oh, wow, look at that's Jesus, wow. Wow. What would you do? You'd probably fall out because his glory would be so intense. You'd fall out on the floor and you'd just feel the glory coming all over you. Amen. Because the Son of Man, the Son of God walked in the building. Hallelujah. But you know what? We have the third person of the Trinity dwelling on the inside of us. Hallelujah. We don't even have to wait for him to walk in the building because he's already here. He's already in this building. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost. He wants to live big in you. Glory to God. And so while he was still wondering about this and completely at a loss of what this vision should mean, when the men who had been sent by Cornelius, having got directions to Simon's house, arrived at the gate. I mean, look at the timing of this thing. 
Peter's just come out this vision, wondering what this means. And the other men come to the gate right at the right moment. And they called to ask for whether Simon, whose name was also Peter, was staying there. While Peter was thoughtfully considering the vision, the Spirit said to him, Now listen, three men are looking for you. Get up, go downstairs, and go with them without hesitating or doubting because I've sent them myself. And this one interpretation says, Go doubting nothing concerning the legality. Because these are, these are now Gentiles. I want you to go to minister to the Gentiles. I don't want you to even worry about the legality of it. Go and do it. We've got to stop trying to legalizing everything, trying to make everything understandable, trying to write it all down so we can do point number one, point number two, point number three, point number four, point number five, point number six. By the time you get to point number 10, you've forgotten what point number one was. Amen. Let's just go with the flow. Go with the Holy Ghost. Follow the prompting of the Spirit of God. Learn how to yield to the Spirit of God. So that in every area of our life, we're just going with the flow. And when God says, don't do it, you don't do it. When the Holy Spirit says, stop, you stop. When the Holy Spirit says, go and do or say, you say. Learn to flow with the Holy Spirit. Bible says the anointing that you have received of him abides in you and you need not that any man teach you but the same anointing will teach you of all things. If we say all things. What are all things? All things. Amen. All things that pertain to your life whether it's your earthly life whether it's your emotional life whether it's your spiritual life or whatever part of life the Holy Spirit is there to guide you and lead you. Wow, what a privilege. What an amazing opportunity we have as the church, as the body of Christ. It's, it's what I call an unfair advantage. I mean, when I think about how many things the Lord stopped me from doing that, you know, I'm not talking about bad stuff. I'm talking about things that might have created a problem in my life. That, that I, he just stopped. And then moments in my life when I could slap myself upside the head because I did not obey the prompting of the Lord and I went ahead and did something that created a problem for me. I wanted to take myself out back and just slap myself up silly. <laughs> Amen. Are you getting something out of this today? He said, I want you to go with them doubting nothing. Because I have sent them. So yes, Peter now just coming out of this trance and this wonderful experience. And he's now getting this directive to go. And he's learned already to follow the, Holy, the prompting of the Holy Spirit. And so he goes down and he follows them. And he goes with them to Cornelius' house. So we know the story. How when he got there, there was the place, all the family were there. And he began to minister to them. And then they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. They all got filled like it was on the day of Pentecost. Hallelujah. And, and verse 45 says, <clears throat> And all the circumcised believers, those are the ones that had just come fresh out of Judaism and had been baptized in the upper room, when those who had come with Peter, they were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles. 
And this has been a problem right down through the ages because whenever God has moved, you know that the outpouring in Cambridge, it started in a Presbyterian church. Hello? It was a Presbyterian church. And I'm talking about where Peter Cartwright, not Peter Cartwright, uh, anyway, one of the preachers saw 500 people in one service jerking all at the same time. Jerking. I mean, you could just say that church is full of jerks, you know. <laughs> Presbyterian. Go to your average Presbyterian church today and see what happens there. I mean, nothing moving there except for the fan on the ceiling. I'm, I'm, I'm teasing now. If you're Presbyterian, don't be upset. <laughs> that happens in many of the Pentecostal churches we go to too. Anything moving is the fan on the ceiling. <laughs> No fans here. <laughs> they, they, they hang from the chandeliers, yeah, so they probably ripped the fan down. <clears throat> and that revival spread to so many different groups, Methodists, Baptists. Do you know that in that move, even the Mormons were affected by that outpouring? Ooh, Mormons? I can't believe God would do that. That's a false doctrine. Yeah, it is. And that's why they need the move of God, because how are they ever going to come out the false doctrine? Amen? They've got to taste and see that the Lord is good. I was doing meetings in, in Michigan, a little church up in Grayling, and somebody had invited some friends who happened to be Mormons to come to the meeting. And so, well, he invited one guy who was a Mormon, and then he invited several of his Mormon friends. I think they maybe thought this was an opportunity to convert us all, you know. So they all sitting on this one row. It's a small church, and the, and the pews are wooden pews, and you could probably only get about seven people on one pew. So, yeah, they all are, seven people. There wasn't enough room for the, for the guy that invited them, so he went and sat next to his friend. And while I was preaching, the joy began to fall, and he was getting so excited. I mean, he was like... Whoa, this is, oh, this is incredible. And I could see the whole row of those Mormons. And they were like, you know, looking at this thing. And then I began to walk up the aisle, you know, like I always do. <laughs> and I started praying for people. Yeah, and folks were falling out. And I watched the guy sitting over there. And he was getting really edgy. And as I was getting closer, he was leaning over this way. <laughs> and as I got to this fellow, he got up and he was going to start running that way. And I thought, well, the wall's there. What are you going to do when you hit the wall? <laughs> you know? And I said to him, sir, relax. Everything's fine. And he sat down and looked a little relieved, you know. But they saw the demonstration of the Spirit of God and his doctrine wouldn't allow him to receive it, you know. But anyway, the next day I was, we were in our motorhome. We were packing up, getting ready to go. And the pastor knocked on the door. He said, one of those Mormon guys are here and he wants to talk with you. And I said to him, I thought to myself, well, he's probably going to come and give me the Book of Mormon, you know. <laughs> but he came to me and he said, man, I want to just tell you, I, I absolutely loved that meeting. He said, that was so incredible. He said, I wish we could have this in our Mormon church. And I thought, how sad is that? How sad is that? And that's, that is not just typical to a Mormon church, it is so typical of most denominations. 
people are not being given opportunity to receive the touch of God. The Holy Spirit is not ever given opportunity to move in the church. That's sad. And it's because they don't want the disruption. They don't want the... You know, if you were present at the upper room, I'm telling you right now, it would have just blown your mind. When people came and saw it, they were, the Bible says they were beside themselves with amazement. They marveled and said, what could this possibly mean? They were perplexed. And then there, there were those that came and said, well, these people are just drunk. Look at them. They're drunk. They've been drinking. And Peter had to stand up and say, no, no, we didn't have a communion service. <laughs> this is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. That in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. All flesh. All flesh. All flesh. All flesh. Methodist flesh, Baptist flesh, flesh, Pentecostal flesh, charismatic flesh, cruisomatic flesh, automatic flesh, vegematic flesh. <laughs> yeah. Upon all flesh. Flesh needs it. Amen. The flesh needs it. People come to church, well, we don't want to get in the flesh. Really? You're sitting on your flesh. What are you talking about? If you don't believe me, pinch yourself. If you feel pain, that's flesh. Amen. And the flesh needs it. God wants to pour out his spirit upon all flesh and touch our spirit, soul, and body. All three parts of us. I want to have the fire of God burning in my spirit, but I want to have the anointing that destroys yokes of bondage in my life. The Bible says the anointing will destroy the yoke of bondage. And if you look at the, real, the root translation, it says, and it will prevent that yoke from coming back. The anointing is a preventative. It's like an inoculation. God is injecting us. It's, it's a heavenly it's a heavenly inoculation, a vaccine. Vaccine. Amen. It's a heavenly vaccine. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So that when the pressures of life come on me, they don't affect me. Because my response is joy. Oh, but brother, don't you know this is very serious? You need to get serious about this now. Yeah, I am. I'm seriously joyful about it. Hallelujah. Because why? But the word says, my God will cause me to triumph, will always cause me to triumph. So it may not look like triumph right now, but I'm going to be joyful until the triumph comes. Amen. Hallelujah. Because a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. You want to walk around looking like a skeleton, it's your choice. This is a free country. We're protected by the Constitution to be a skeleton if you want to be. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Shoo. 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 I love I love what God's doing in this young lady. I mean, her testimony is just awesome. 
And what God's brought her through is phenomenal. In the, and I, I'm not going to say what it is. I mean, it's up to her to share the testimony. But what God has done for her and this joy that she's having here is not even, it defies logic. It really does. There are people that have had similar experiences and, and have been devastated. But God, hallelujah. But God, but God. I see the hurting people. You know, on, on this broadcast, we have people writing to us and they tell us their story. <laughs> it breaks my heart to think that there are Christians that are in such, such pain and such turmoil. Because it shouldn't be. Because Jesus paid for it all. Jesus paid for it all. If people could just realize the extent to what God wants to do in our hearts. And what he did last night was just the big beginnings. I mean, I know that many of you have been touched before, but it's, there's always something more that God is doing. Amen. He's pouring out his glory. He's bringing about change. We don't understand how he works, but he's bringing about change. And lives are changing. Lives are changing. Amen. Being healed and being made whole. Hallelujah. Shoo. Give us some more, Lord. Give us some more, Jesus. From the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Keep her drunk in the Holy Ghost every day. Every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Thank you, Jesus. Shoo. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's a healing taking place. There's a healing taking place. There's a healing taking place. God's glory being manifested on the inside of us to make us strong when we feel weak. Bible says, when I'm weak, then am I strong in the Lord? It doesn't make logical sense. I'm weak in the natural, but I'm strong in the Lord. And that strength gets manifested in the area of weakness and we become strong. We become overcomers. Amen. And that joy is so good. Go ahead, brother. Have some joy. <laughs> that joy is so good. A joy, 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 joy. See, see, God knows how to change everything in your life. I felt to come and tell you that. God knows exactly what you're going through. God knows the struggles, the stuff that you're facing. And he can bring you out of all of that. Amen. But he's going to start by giving you inside help. It's called joy. The joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord that is your strength. Amen? So go ahead and let the joy bubble. Go ahead. Yeah. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's supernatural joy. <laughs> It's wonderful. 
Hallelujah. That pressure is being released off of you. All the worry and the anxiety is being released off of you. It's a joy and a joy and a joy, 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 joy. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> it's so wonderful. <laughs> She's getting beside herself. <laughs> She's getting beside herself. <laughs> Woo. Hallelujah. You can get beside us, uh, yourself too. Right now, Lord, everyone watching, give them a good dose of your glory. Let the joy spring forth. Let new life come. Let the fire of God burn. Hallelujah. Oil of joy. <laughs> Oil of joy. Oil of joy. Instead of mourning, oil of joy in place of depression, oil of joy in place of fear and anxiety. Oh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful. Shoo. It's so good. Oil of joy. Oil of joy. <laughs> Oil, oil, oil of joy. Shoo. Shoo. Oil of joy. Oil of joy. Woo. <laughs> Oil of joy. <laughs> oh, my, my, my. Shoo. It's a merry heart and a happy mind. A happy mind. A happy mind. A happy mind. Shoo. Oh, it's so good, Lord. It's so good. It's so good. Go ahead, let it bubble some more. 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 Oil of joy instead of mourning. <laughs> Oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment of praise. Amen. This looks like a garment of praise. Amen. Instead of a burdened and failing spirit. How many would rather have a garment of praise than a burdened and failing spirit? Amen. God puts it on you. Amen. God puts it on you. <laughs> God puts it on you. The garment expressive of praise. <clears throat> the joy comes. Joy. Joy, 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 joy. Joy, 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 joy. Ha, ha. 
and a ho-ho and a hee-hee. Ah, uh -huh. ho-ho and hee-hee. <laughs> Give him some joy, Lord. Give him some joy. Man, I got so woozy there. Woo! Ah. Shoot. Oh, man. <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. A merry heart. You know, in, in the world, we all know this, that, you know, when you get medication, you don't just take one pill or one spoon of medication. You're supposed to finish the whole course. And, and you have to take it sometimes two or three times a day. And, and in, in most cases, it doesn't make you better. It actually sometimes makes you worse, you know. But this is medication that we can take every day. Several times a day. Multiple times a day. Hallelujah. And, and, and you don't have to renew the prescription. Amen. You don't have to renew this to prescription. You just go back and get more. <laughs> you just go back and get more. Hallelujah. The oil of joy. The merry heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Woo. We'll go ahead. Filled. Filled. More, Lord. More, Jesus. More, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Don't worry, your husband will carry you out today. <laughs> this is a buffet. It's an eat all you can. It's an eat all you can. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give her a double dose, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. Let it bubble, Lord. <laughs> It's joy, 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 joy. <laughs> it's joy, joy, joy. Isn't it good? Have some more. Have some more. Ah, it's wonderful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Give him more, Jesus. Much more. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, I know this is Sunday morning that I was supposed to be a little bit more dignified. I know I said I was supposed to be, but I apologize. Hallelujah. Oh, my, my, my. What's happening over in this section over here? 
Have some more. Thank you, Jesus. The touch of heaven. 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 Lord, give him a double dose of joy right now. A double dose of joy. 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 It's good. Go ahead, brother. Out your belly, it flows. Aha. And a ho-ho. And a hee-hee. See, we've actually forgotten how to laugh. Amen. Not all of us, no. I mean the church. The church really has forgotten how to laugh. Amen. Let your joy, 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 joy. Let your joy flow. Let your joy flow. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I tell you what, the Holy Spirit wants to heal, wants to heal hearts today. Wants to lift heavy burdens from off of shoulders. Hallelujah. Lift the stress off of hearts. There's way too much stress on people. Way too much stress. Lord, let your glory just fill this, bro this brother, Lord, right now. Let your fire burn in him, Jesus. Let the anointing flow on the inside in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. Quickening his mortal body, Lord. Filling him on the inside with your peace and your joy and your life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. You know, when Carol was sitting on the floor last night and she was so clearly intoxicated with the anointing, and she kept saying this, this is serious. It really is. It's serious stuff. This is not frivolous thing. This is not, we're just having, you know, a good time. I mean, we are having a good time, but, <laughs> but it's serious. Because God's seriously wanting to do something inside of us. Amen? And we need His help. We need His help. We need His help. Hallelujah. This is a life that's changing. Amen? This is a life that's changing. Hallelujah. Changing. Thank you, Jesus. Changing. 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 Hallelujah. Phew. Glory to God. Hallelujah. There's a an inner strength that's been birthed in you, my sister, to cope with whatever you have to cope with. You're going you're gonna to find things are going to get easier to handle, easier to deal with. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 
Phew. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Your awesome touch. Your awesome touch. Hallelujah. Phew. Glory to God. <laughs> awesome. Come over here, the two of you. Come over here. <laughs> you can kneel down next to him too if you want. <laughs> Hallelujah. Father, thank you for these vessels. These vessels that honor you. That honor you, Lord. That, that make room for you to move. That, Lord, upon their life and ministry comes a fresh flow of your glory. A fresh fire burning in them that will produce signs and wonders. But not only in your ministry, but there are many ministries around that are desperately in need of help, of direction, and God's going to give you and use you as a catalyst to bring change. God's going to use you as a catalyst to bring change. God's going to give you special favor. It'll be one or two at first and three and four. And God's going to give the increase, but he's going to give you special favor. And you're going to stand in this office to bring about change in the hearts of many a minister in this area, this region, because God wants to bring revival to the whole land, this whole region. Hallelujah. Do not be discouraged. Do not allow what you see in the natural to disturb you, to stop you, but just press in because God's going to give you supernatural favor. And there's going to go a fame of you abroad. People are going to get to hear about it. You're going to get people calling you. Pastors will call you and say, please, what is the key? What is the secret? And you're going to introduce them to the power and the life of God. Hallelujah. Upon you comes a fresh unction this day. A fresh unction this day. A fresh purpose this day. Burning on the inside of you. Come here, brother. And come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the leadership of this church. Thank you, Lord, for your glory that rests upon each one, Lord. Thank you, Father, for that which is birthed on the inside of them. That as it begins to rise forth and grow forth. It'll bring forth much fruit, much fruit, much fruit. Size and numbers is not what counts. God didn't need 120,000 on the day of Pentecost. He just used 120. 120, amen. Big things come out of small beginnings. This church has been going for a long time. And it's solid. It's a great assembly. I love, I love the spirit that's here in this church. I love the anointing that's here. 
It's free. It's very free. It's very free. And I want to tell you there are pockets that God's that are, that are going to begin to spring up. Pockets of revival. Churches in revival. Pockets of churches in revival. Some of them you won't even know about now. But <clears throat> you'll get to hear about something happening in the region. Because God's raising up people that have a heart after Him. That love the move of the Spirit. That love the power of God. That love the presence of God. That nurture everything that God does. Guard your heart. Guard it. Guard it. Guard your heart. Guard the gift of, that God has given you. The impartation of the Spirit of God. Guard it with every fiber of your being. Don't let every, anything come and rob that from you. Don't let, any, don't, let you, don't let anything distract you from what God is doing in your heart. Pay attention to it every day. Pay attention to it every day. Let me say it again. Pay attention to it every day. Don't let anything distract you from that which God is doing in you. Hallelujah. It's a precious treasure that God's deposited in your heart. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. <clears throat> Hallelujah. 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 I want you to lift your hands to heaven right now. <clears throat> Say, Lord, thank you for that which you've given me. And I'm going to become a good steward of it. I'm going to watch over it and guard it with all of the, every fiber of my being and nurture it and allow you to come and deposit even more in me. Deposit even more in me, Lord. Hallelujah. I want to walk with your spirit every day. I want your Holy Spirit to speak to me every day. Hallelujah. I want to be sensitive to the prompting of your spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Shoo. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. <clears throat> Wonderful Jesus. Wonderful Jesus. I hear the voice of Jesus calling, Come and dine, come and dine. I hear the voice of Jesus calling, Come and dine, come and dine. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste, <laughs> taste 
and see that the Lord is good. Come and taste and see. I hear the voice of Jesus calling. If you thirst, come and drink. I hear the voice of Jesus calling. If you thirst, come and drink. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is so very good. I hear the voice of Jesus calling. If you thirst, come and drink. Come and drink. <laughs> come and drink. It's that simple, folks. It's that simple. Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. Rivers. Many rivers. Rivers of blessing. Rivers of healing. Rivers of provision. Rivers of life. Rivers of joy. Rivers of peace. Everything that you and I need flowing from the inside on the outside. It's coming from within. There's a well on the inside of you. There's a well. Keep it full. Keep it full. There's a well. Put your hand on your belly. Say, there's a well inside of me. I'm going to keep it full. Full. And when I feel like it's getting empty, I'm going to go and drink some more. <laughs> I'm going to drink some more. I'm going to actually have the Lord supersize it for me. I don't want no little 12-ounce cup. I don't want a 16-ounce cup. I want the 32-ouncer. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Just give me a barrel, Lord. I just want a barrel of it. Hallelujah. I want it every day. I don't want to wait for special meetings. I don't want to wait for once a week. I want to have it every day because I need it every day. I need it every day. I need that river of joy every day. I need that river of peace every day. I need that river of provision every day. I need that river of life every day. Glory to God. Every day. Hallelujah. Every day. Shoo. Folks, I'm telling you, it works. This is how we live. We live this way. Seriously. We live this way. We, we, my wife and I can't even have a decent argument anymore. Because it, it doesn't last long. I mean, seriously. Because it's like the Holy Ghost just says, no, nah, don't go there. Don't go there. And the next minute the joy comes. Amen. And the peace flows in. It's a great way to live. It's stress-free. I'm attack-free. I don't walk around being attacked all the time. I mean, if there's an attack that's coming my way, I'm so oblivious of it. The Bible says we do cast down imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. That imagination, that thing, that idea you have, cast it down. 
Just cast it down. Get our minds renewed. Let the peace of God just flood our being so that we get up in the morning and we're full of peace. We get up in the morning and we're full of joy. Amen? Hallelujah. It's a good way to live. Amen? Glory to God. <laughs> it's a good way to live. Hallelujah. Amen? It's a good way to live. It's a good way to live. Shoo. Yeah. <laughs> Glory to God. Well, bless God. I believe we had some church here today. Hallelujah. <laughs> that, that must be that prophetic word that was given earlier on. God's turning some things around there. Amen. <laughs> some situations are turning around. Glory to God. It, you know what it is? It's unwinding that which got wound up. God's unwinding that which got wound up. Hallelujah. Some of us need to unwind. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, let me hand this meeting over to to this drunk pastor. This is the pastor. <laughs> I don't know if he knows it right now. <laughs> he may not be aware of it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> is that it? <laughs> oh my gosh, it's twelve forty five. This is a buffet. If you want some more, you're welcome to come on up. Amen. We got all day. Hallelujah. This is the Sabbath. Yeah. So come on out. We'll lay, on, lay hands on anything that moves. <laughs> and if it doesn't move, we'll lay hands on it too. Glory to God. Well, come on out, folks. If you want prayer, just come on out. If you're sick in your body, we want to pray for you as well. Amen. Just come on out and Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah. 
Okay. Um, I'm just going to ask you to come up to it right about there. That's part. Over. Back. Right there. Right there's good. George, step up a little bit. Rise, Lazarus. <laughs> you know, the scripture says that the fivefold offices are equipped, are to, are drunk. And, and that there's an impartation. I was, oh boy, Jesus. Boy, Rebecca, right? Rebecca is drinking the whole barrel. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Her school will never be the same. She will never be the same. We've been believing God for miracles in the with the organ of the brain. Brother Kenneth Hagen Sr. Kenneth E. Hagen Sr. was the one of the ones that we heard frequently teaching about the law, the law of contact and transmission. The law of contact and transmission. Now, God, I was saying to Gil this morning that Joe Jordan, who was profound in scriptural knowledge, when the Lord anointed him to steward the joy anointing, he stayed in the confines of that anointing, and he respected what God had given him, and he stewarded it. But here's the deal, that Jesus said, freely you 